What's up, everybody? This is Vinny Bucci, a.k.a. The Booch, and welcome to the recap of AEW. And, of course, ladies and gentlemen, joining me once again here on The Boochcast, he's been woken. Yep. He's been broken. Absolutely. And now he's just broke. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome back to The Boochcast, the one, the only, the broke soulless ginger, Mr. Zach Scott. What's up, dude and dudettes? Yes, this is me, the broke soulless ginger, Zach Scott, generally speaking. 
I'm not broke. This card, I would have to say, has sucked. <laughs> yeah, this was this was not an interesting episode of Dynamite at all, ladies and gentlemen. This is this is sad. This is very very sad. And once again, NXT wins. Just saying. Oh yeah, pretty much. So. <laughs> Yeah, so anyway, we and so now, basically, we open the show, and of course, as always, we have on commentary the legendary Tony Schiavone, the Hall of Famer Jim Ross, and the racist Excalibur. And right now, ladies and gentlemen, we ha- we kick this thing off with a very weird fucking match. But before we get into the match, here's, here, here's how this shit works. This is... This is basically like uh, oh here's, my God. here's the best way I can describe this. Zach, do you mm-hmm. remember a long time ago on NXT mm-hmm. when they did the when they had like four or five triple threat matches and the winners got added to a ladder match that would have six men in it for the North American Championship? Yes. This is pretty much the same fucking thing. Okay, here's here's what we got. We have a battle royal to kick off the show. The winner of the battle royal goes on to face John Moxley in the main event. Now John Moxley is is currently the number one ranked contender in AEW. Wow. Now, most of you, most, some of you know this, some of you don't know this, because you know, while El- you know Elvis is usually the one that does the uh, the ranking system, because out of everybody on the Boochcast, he's the only one who gives a shit about the ranking system still. Because I don't care. I, I don't think Zach does either. And, I don't give a filler as fuck. And I can't remember if Desmond ever did. But so because John Mossy's ranked number one, they're at least giving him a chance to fight for the AEW World Title. So these are making some sense. So the winner of the Battle Royal faces John Moxley. And the winner of that match goes to Forbidden Door to face one of the random-ass people from New Japan to crown the interim AEW World Heavyweight Champion. Now, I don't know if you guys were able to follow all of that. I wasn't. Neither was I. Like, this is, a whole time I'm thinking, this whole concept is fucking dumb. Like, just, can't we just, why does everything always have to be complicated in wrestling? Why does everybody always got to put a hat on a hat? Just just have a match and fuck. Here's what you do. Take the number one ranked person. Take the number two ranked person and have them battle it out. Better yet, here's what it should be. Here's what it should be. All right, ladies and gentlemen. I'd say John Moxley versus Adam Page. Why? John Moxley, ranked number one. He's the number one contender. Hangman Adam Page, former world champion. Give, give, this is That would technically be his rematch. You have Moxley versus Adam Page at Forbidden Door. Winner of the match is the AEW Interim World Champion. So Hangman can get his belt back, or Moxley can be a two-time champion. They hold the belt till CM Punk comes back, and we have an undisputed champion. That's basically what's going to happen, ladies and gentlemen. Whoever is going to hold, whoever wins this interim title, is only going to be the champ until CM Punk heals up. Once Punk heals up, he's going to come back, face whoever the champion is, and then they're going to unify the belts to have one true champion. So we kick off this goddamn ridiculous show with the casino. Casino Battle Royal. We're going to face John Moxley in the main event. And here are the list of people that were in this match. Tony Nese, Lance Ew. Archer, mm. Mass Caster, mm. Austin Gunn, Colton mm. Gunn, mm. Keith Lee, John Silver, Eddie Kingston, Jake Hager, Kanasuki Takashida, Dante Martin, Ricky Starks, Bobby Fish, Darby Allen, Swerve Strickland, Powerhouse Hobbs, Ray Phoenix, Andrade El Idiot, and Wheeler Yuta. Oh, and Kyle O'Reilly. Uh, um, no, this was pointless. It went on for what? What? Almost a half an hour. This went on longer than it should have. Exactly. They should have gone that. And 
number two, you know who number two was? Who? Powerhouse Hobbs. Powerhouse Hobbs against John Moxley. Jeez, let's see how that would have went. Oh, you're looking at the ranking system right now? No, I just remember number two was Powerhouse Hobbs. Okay, now, I, I, I can look it up right now. Uh, official AEW ranking. Currently, uh, yeah, actually number two is Wardlow. Well, and he believe, wasn't in yeah. it, which he should have been. So should it should have been Moxley versus Wardlow, but we, it's not Wardlow for a reason, and we'll get to that reason uh, later on in the show. But I'm just saying, to me, this was fucking ridiculous. It was dumb. It served no purpose, and here's the thing. In this battle royal, I can only look at a small handful of people who are actually deserving of being a world champion, and I'll list them for you right now. Lance Archer, Keith Lee, Eddie Kingston, uh-huh. Jake Hager, uh-huh. Powerhouse Hobbs, uh-huh. Ricky Starks. Uh-huh. That's it. Nobody else in this battle royal, including the winner, Kyle O'Reilly, <laughs> deserves to be an AEW World Heavyweight Champion. You you literally yep. had nobody in this fucking match that was worth a damn. The fuck is Dante Martin doing in a world title situation? What the fuck is Darby Allen doing in a world title situation? Yeah, the, some of the a lot of these people had no business being anywhere near this. For Christ's sake, Ooh. you got Sting. We, we're not gonna put Sting in this, you know? Or badass Billy Gunn. Yeah, Billy Gunn instead has to wield that other idiot from the acclaimed while he sits there and goes, "Scissor me!" Fucking gayest shit I've or, ever seen in wrestling. Or Dustin Rhodes. Yeah, no Dustin, no Dustin Rhodes. Yeah, we can't. Yeah, we can't. But let's not put the natural in there. Or Chris Jericho. Chris. Yeah. Where was the wizard? Chris Jericho against John Moxley for the number one contendership. It would be perfect because Chris Jericho <laughs> was the first ever AEW World Heavyweight Champion. John Moxley's the second. That yeah, that'd be great. Let's I make something interesting here. And here's and, and then some people go, well, they've already been the champion. Look, this is an interim champion. Okay, this belt's not designed to build a new star. This is just meant to be a placeholder until CM Punk comes back. Because whoever the interim champion is, they're losing to CM Punk. Let's keep it a buck. Alright? If you think for one second Punk ain't fitting to unify these belts the second he comes back then you, and I'm saying this as a friend are fucking delusional. So this should not be an opportunity to build a new star. You should build a credible champion to build a money making match with CM Punk. And I don't care what anybody says people would love to see Punk and Jericho in AEW. Oh god. It would kill. Just imagine Vinny if they got into the battle of the mics. <laughs> yeah. I mean, oh, God, Tony Khan, what the fuck are you doing? Not doing a lot of intelligent shit. And then, of course, you got Swerve eliminating Keith Lee. Which was fucking stupid. Yes. Yeah, let's let's take this tag team that you basically put together and basically split them up because even though Keith's kind of sitting there going, eh, what the fuck? Keith Lee had a look on his face like, I'm going to kill this motherfucker. You look like he's about to go eat him and eat him like a sandwich. Yeah, this is, this that was stupid. Just everything in this battle royal was stupid. All the way down to the fact that it came down to Kyle O'Reilly and Wheeler Yuta. Two people who have no <laughs> business even sniffing the AEW world title and you bring it down to them? If Moxley lost to either one of these two, he'd be the biggest pussy in AEW. And Moxley's no pussy. Oh, he's I'm not. not. Trying, I'm not trying to throw things. I really am not. Motherfuckers. Fifty <laughs> shades of retarded. So, it's so stupid. So, Zach, do you have anything to add to this abortion? Or are you ready to move on? No, let's move the fuck on. I can't take this anymore. I'm about Thank to you. throw things. Okay, so then we cut to the backstage area. We have a promo from the, the ranked number one contender, John 
Moxley, who previews the main event, says O'Reilly will be in the ring with the wrong guy in the wrong place at the wrong time. He says the Forbidden Door belongs to him, and a three-year journey will culminate at Forbidden Door. Big whoop de fucking do. You're going against KOR, which I love all with all my heart, but not for one number one contendership with the AEW World Championship. Okay, let's shut the fuck up and move on. Well, we can't do that fully yet because I will say this. As much as I think this is stupid, Moxley is doing the one thing that you have to do. Like, we as fans are sitting here going, we don't care. Moxley's job is to make you care. So, and I think he did a decent job of that because it's true. Because he's, the the three years AEW's been in business, Moxley has held two different titles. One from AEW, one from New Japan. He was the uh, New Japan United States champion for quite a while. And there were some moments where he defended the U.S. title in AEW. So Moxley was definitely part of the New Japan partnership that came in long before this Forbidden Door crap. Question. What? Who did he lose it to? I didn't know he lost it. I'm checking right now. Um, Let's see. Moxley. No, it was vacated. Because uh, he, he's in AEW full-time? Uh, It said it was vacated after Moxley was unable to wrestle in a scheduled championship match at King of Pro Wrestling due to travel issues from Typhoon Hodges. It was some type of weird cyclone thing that... Oh. It was a typhoon that made it through Japan, and due to travel issues, he was not able to make it to the event. So he ended up... Having having to vacate the title, and then Lance Archer won it at that pay-per-view because he was already in Japan at the time and defeated Juice, this guy named Juice Robinson to win the title. So Moxley had to vacate it, but then he won the belt back at Wrestle Kingdom 14 in a Texas death match, but then lost the belt to Lance Archer legitimately at Fighter Fest in a Texas death match. So Lance Archer was the one who beat um, Moxley for the title. Um, I wish he's world champion sometimes. Yeah, well, who? Moxley or Archer. Archer. Oh yeah, I'm sure oh, he'll get. Yeah. I'm sure he'll get there someday. But I know, like, and then of course Moxley won the title by beating uh Chris Jericho, and then a AEW World Title, and then later dropped that belt to uh, Kenny Beta. So we've had. So th- Moxley cut a good promo here and did a good job of selling the. the- so then we're moving on now. So the Bronx, the broadcast team announces that CM Punk underwent successful surgery and the doctors were impressed with the results. So whatever surgery Punk had is successful. So they were able to successfully heal him up. Now he's just going through the rehab and the physical therapy uh, before he's able to return to the ring. Well, hopefully CM Punk recovers. Absolutely. And next we cut to a video package announcing the arrival of a new championship belt in AEW called the All-Atlantic Championship, which represents the fans watching around the world. The broadcast team shows the belt and announces that there will be a tournament for the title, and it will conclude with a fatal four-way match at Forbidden Door. Uh, This was a good promo. I don't know, okay, but basically this is like the Intercontinental Championship in WWE. Basically, and they said it's a new title that represents the AEW fans watching around the world in over 130 countries. Okay. 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 Zach, do you have anything to say about this? Well, we have one more title. I think one more title will be okay. I think, like, basically, I don't know why they're doing this, but this is kind of like what I said before, was a, the WWE's version of the Intercontinental Championship. So, one more piece of gold. Who cares? Well, here's the what's problem. Called, Herein lies the, the problem? problem. You got, here's what we got just on AEW alone. The World Heavyweight title. The All-Atlantic title. Two, TNT title. Three. The Tag Team titles. Is that one or two belts? Tag team titles. It counts as one. It's tag team title. Okay. You one. got the women's title Five. and the TBS title. Six. That's six belts already in play. Just on the AEW side of things. 
rings alone. There, but here's the thing: mm. you also have the Ring of Honor titles that mm. everybody's carrying, that, that the main stars are carrying. You've got the AAA titles that are being brought to the ring and defended. There's literally different titles from different promotions being defended on this show. So it's almost like AEW has an unnecessary amount of titles. It's like every other person I see in AEW is walking to the ring with some kind of belt. Now you've got Adam Cole and Britt Baker walking out with those Owen Hart titles. It's regard it, it devalues your company when everybody has a belt. It's like it's like playing little league and everyone gets a trophy. The trophy's not special if everybody has one. But, exactly, that's what it is. Like now, if you get now, it's one thing to have a first place or a second place trophy that works. Okay, those are two trophies. Or maybe three. Maybe three if there's a third place. So they, they've had that. Like, when my brother played Little League, there were only two trophies. So, if you made it to the finals, you got a trophy regardless. But, the difference is, if you won, your trophy said, first place, we're number one, we're the best. If you lost, your trophy said two, second place. So, now you can now you can say, hey, I came in second out of all these other teams, but there's still one team that's better than you. So, you want it to be first. Now, if you did your absolute best and the other team was just better than you and you got that second place trophy, then you could keep it with pride because you know you did your best. And also, there's other teams underneath you that didn't get dick. But if everybody's getting one, yours ain't special. So that's why I don't like seeing too many belts in wrestling. And WWE's just as guilty of this, but we don't talk about the main roster here. That's why I don't bring it up. So that's why I'm not happy about this belt. Because now I'm hearing rumors that at some point, they want to bring in a trios belt. It's like, no more belts. You don't have the roster to support it. It's for goddamn ridiculous. It should just be, every title, just every company should have, four belts. You got the main belt for the men, you got the mid-card title for the men, you got a tag titles, and you got a women's title. That should be it. You got the main title, like like world title, US title, tag title, women's belt. There you go. That's all you need. Everybody, every division doesn't need their own belts. It's too good goddamn ridiculous. It's like with the WWE women's tag belts that basically got vacated, and they're saying, we're going to hold a tournament, but you notice they're not talking about the tournament. Get rid of the fucking belts. Tag division ain't working in women's wrestling. They tried it, they gave it an effort, it didn't work. Even the TB title. It ain't that fucking impressive. Especially the person who's holding it. There you go. So, it's not helping. The last thing AEW needs is another goddamn belt. We'll see what they do with this and if it's worth a damn, but so far, a lot of their, a lot of their titles are being devalued because nobody knows how to properly book. Speaking of this All-Atlantic Championship, we kicked things off with a first-round match in the tournament. We got Pac versus Buddy Matthews. Spot fest. That's exactly what this was. The right person won? Yes. Pac should win absolutely because everybody knows especially i know how you feel about the house of black eight and also about buddy matthews yeah i think i mean they could have put up a good fight but i kept on hearing tony zafani saying jr said this is an incredible match I was like no this is absolutely clearly a circus act that's exactly what this was. And I expected better because Pac, for the most part, has been able to control that. That's what I loved about the difference between Pac and Neville. When he was Neville in WWE, he did a lot of cruiserweight spot shit. When he was Pac, he became more of a brawler and he timed his high spots. But this was just annoying. You know, Buddy Matthews trying to put on a match, but he's. The House of Black is, uh, as I mentioned before, a joke. 
and the match was just there. And filler. Yeah, it was filler. He hit the black arrow. He got the win. So I'm excited for Pac because he's definitely deserving of a title and forward to seeing more of what he does. Now, after the match, Lucha Brothers celebrate with Pac after the match. House of Black come out to check on Matthews. And for a split second, I got a weird feeling that Matthews is going to get kicked out of the House of Black. But I guess they're showing solidarity for now. Okie dokie. Moving on. Yes. Now we cut to a promo with Eddie Kingston, who is fired up. He says Hager cost him the battle royal. He says he hates the Jericho Appreciation Society and promises to get Jericho, but Kingston wants to challenge Hager to a match on AEW Rampage. Did you see before it was telling the timekeeper to shut the fuck up? Yes. Okay, Eddie Kingston, this was good, but you don't need to be mean to the timekeeper. I mean, I did like the fact that after he was done, he pulled the timekeeper in and said, all right, now you can tell them we got time left. It's ridiculous. <laughs> like, I forgot about that part right what there. Are they, what are they hoping to accomplish? Accomplish by know. doing this. What what is the I point? Have no fucking clue. I don't know, and I really don't care. My foot's hurting. My teeth is hurting. All right, let's move on. Yes. Next, Trent Beretta comes to the ring and says he's bummed out. It's National Best Friends Day, and his friends aren't there. He says he and Rocky Romero had a match for the Ring of Honor Tag Team Championship, and while they didn't win, they didn't lose either. They deserve another shot. He tells FDR to come to the ring, and they do. Cash Wheeler says he agrees that they didn't win or lose. He makes it clear that they want to prove that they're the best team in the world. Dax Harwood says that Beretta shouldn't be mad at them. He should be mad at the guys who attacked them all. And then, Will Osprey comes to the stage and Aussie Open attacks FTR and Beretta. The faction members beat them down and Osprey stands tall along with his stablemates. Um, Mr. Vito Vilcos. Yeah. Who the fuck was that? That was Will Ospreay, who apparently is this god in wrestling that everybody seems to fucking worship. I don't know who he is. I don't care who he is, but apparently everybody loves this guy. He is literally on the list of every fantasy matchup that has gone down in wrestling, whether it's been him and CM Punk or him and Seth Rollins or him and AJ Styles. Like, everybody seems, he's one of those New Japan guys that everybody just seems to fucking worship. I do too. And apparently he's got, he's a one-time IWGP world champion. He's a three-time junior heavyweight champion. He's been the never openweight champion once. He won the New Japan Cup in 2021. And he was the best of super juniors in 2016 and 2019. That's basically his, and he, and he had one reign as the Ring of Honor world television champion. Yay. And he's won other titles and other promotions, but I don't give a single fuck about him. But apparently this guy, basically the internet marks, this is one of the guys they jizz whenever jizz all over whenever he steps into a ring as soon as i saw him come out but um who the hell are you exactly i don't know who the fuck this is okay you have anything else to say about this no only that this looks very stupid and it looks like there's going to be a feud with uh trent beretta and ftr feuding with will and this aussie open and these fucking it, it just looks fucking dumb i'm not it a fan of new japan or anybody in it all right okie dokie then so next we cut to the backstage area william regal standing by with kyle o'reilly and bobby fish he says he's taught them a lot, but he says Matsu will crack O'Reilly's head open tonight. We'll see what happens if it actually happens, Mr. Uh, Vinny Beachy Volkos, but this was a good promo right here. <laughs> Warren Regal was defending uh, defending John Moxley, and he, and he says, he, John Moxley's gonna beat the living shit out of you. Yeah, well, that's exactly what he said, and you know, obviously William Regal uh, is familiar with O'Reilly and Fish, because he was the NXT general manager when they were uh, running rough shot as the, und- as the, uh, as the uh, Undisputed Era, but he also is, Moxley's in his black 
Blackpool Combat Club faction. So naturally, he's going to side with Moxley. Of course, of course, of course we are. Maybe one day they can come out and have the same theme music, maybe the same outfits. Yeah, things, hopefully someday things will make sense. Anyway, that's going to happen anytime soon. So on that note, we move on to the next match of the evening. We have... If you don't want to call that. <laughs> that's that's you're going with this? Exactly. All right. Hangman Page versus David Finley. Hangman and Page dominated the match. It lasted about, what, seven minutes? Dave Finley, the son of Fit Finley, of the fighting Finley of WWE. This is what happened? Okay, fuck you. I want to light up a smoke. Vinny, go ahead. This is bullshit. Yeah. Uh, this was a relatively decent match. Um, it was something that for Hangman Page to do because he had just obviously lost to CM Punk. He's no longer the AEW World Champion. So I like the fact that he was able to get the win. You know, he got the buckshot lariat for the win. And, you know, David Finley tried to get some moves in. But like Zach said, Hangman basically dominated this match. Controlled the bout, had the opportunity to drink a beer at ringside. He was literally doing well. The closest Finley got to doing anything was uh, hitting hitting a chop block and getting a little momentum, but you know, eventually Page you know, fired up, made his comeback and then it was over. So Adam Page ends up getting the win. So, decent match, but not a whole lot of thrills. Then afterwards, Hangman grabs the mic and says there's a lot he wants to say about the AEW World Championship, but tonight's not the night. He points out that he wasn't in the Casino Battle Royal, and he knows there's not, there's, there's not only one World Championship. So he says he wants the IWGP Heavyweight Championship and he wants to take it from Okada at Forbidden Door. Adam Cole comes to say that Okada might not even be the champion because Jay White could beat him. He says Paige lost the title, whereas he personally won the Owen Hart Foundation Tournament. Cole says he should get the title shot because he's the new franchise player. He suggests that Paige stay out of his way and drops the microphone with a boom. Um, okay. Adam Cole, I love you to death, but that title is not a world title. Yeah, you you won a tournament that benefited no one. And Nada. did very little to honor Owen Hart because most of the type of matches we saw were things that Owen Hart would have shit on if he had saw it in the locker room. Because a lot of that stuff, a lot of that, that style of wrestling, the spot monkey shit, Owen's not a fan of, or wasn't a fan of when he was alive. So, I, that's not a belt worth bragging about. You can't defend it. There's nothing really special with it. It's basically decoration. So, the fact that you're even walking out with it is a waste of time. And not only that, I would love to see Adam Page take the IWGP world title. I think it'd be great for him. I think it would give him something to do. And also, it would mean that he would also have to spend a lot of time in Japan and be in front of the New Japan audience. So, I think it'd be a great way for Adam Page to get out of the spotlight for a while. Because, let's be honest, they haven't done much with him. And he was devalued as a world champion. So I think with the IWGP title, he can get it, he can do more things in New Japan, get taken more seriously, build himself up, and then when he drops that title, maybe someday he can come back to AEW and, you know, get his AEW world title back and be taken more seriously as a main eventer. And he can still wrestle on AEW regardless. He would just spend a little bit more time in Japan because he's the IWGP heavyweight champion. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. But this was uh, Adam Cole. That fake-ass title is pointless. Yeah. He was a buzzkill for the whole entire segment. 
No, too, sir. All right, then. Moving on. Yes. We cut to a Marina Schaefer stepping up to Thunder Rosa when the AW Women's World Champion issues an open challenge. And um, Marina says she wants to be her problem and see if she can solve her. Okay. An open challenge. Okay. I don't care. All right. The next we cut to the in-ring segment. We have Tony Schiavone introducing Wardlow. And Wardlow says he didn't compete in the Battle Royal because he doesn't want a title shot until he can face the rightful champion CM Punk. He tells Punk to heal up because he'll be waiting when he gets back. For now, Wardlow says there's one title he wants. In the championship, he had he he almost won in March before MJF cost him the title. He says it's time for a change before the champion Scorpio Sky comes to the stage because he basically says, I want the TNT title because at one point that belt was prestigious, but lately the people holding it have diminished it. The Scorpio Sky comes to the stage basically saying, let's do this, but Dan Lambert needs to page stop Sky from getting into the ring. Basically, Wardlow says he'll wait until the injured Sky's 110% ready to go and he said because I'm not I don't want any excuses and then Smart Mark Sterling appears on the video screen and reminds Wardlow that he can't rip up a legal document he says Wardlow has two options he can face him in a courtroom or he can face 20 security officials he beat up in an elimination match next week uh why don't Wardlow go for the world title instead of the TNT title anyways I thought this was okay Vinny go ahead I don't give a shit Here's the thing. Wardlow brought logic to that reasoning. Because your first thought is, why the fuck is he not in this battle royal? First of all, the way Wardlow's been booked, if he was in the battle royal, he'd have tossed everybody out in no time. But they're trying to keep him away from the title for a while because they don't want to force it on him or force it on the fans. So he said, I'm going to wait till CM Punk is back. He says, I want to face the rightful champion, CM Punk. So basically, Wardlow's saying, I don't want to be a paper champion. If you're an interim champion, that's what you are. You're a paper champion. Because you're not, you didn't beat the real champ. And that's what he wants. He says, if I'm going to win the title, I'm going to win it from CM Punk because then I can truly call myself a champion. And because Wardlow's a babyface, that's a babyface answer to give. And if you want even more proof of that, they said Scorpio Sky's not 100%. He's still injured. He said, fine, go heal up, take the time you need, be 110%, and then I'll take the title from you. Again, babyface. He's being a babyface. He's using, say it with me, Zachariah. Psychology. That's how the fuck that shit works. He's being a baby face, which is great. The only thing I thought was stupid was the fact that now Wardlow has to face 20 security guards in a goddamn elimination match. I don't know. Is it going to be like all 20 at one time? Is this a gauntlet match? How the fuck does this work? And why the fuck would any of us watch it? Who's going into this match thinking Wardlow is losing? He's not going to lose. Exactly. Unless somebody else comes out to cost him the match. It's not going to be MJF because they're moving on from that shit. So I don't know who the fuck, unless it's smart. Mark Sterling, in which case, Warlow just beat his ass. Like, this whole, this whole thing is stupid. This whole security guard thing is goddamn ridiculous, and it's just something for Wardlow to do until they're ready to get, put him in a title match or whatever. So now he's got to deal with this shit. It's, it's dumb, it's stupid, it's pointless. It's all of a sudden, security guards are acting like, oh, we, we suddenly care about our rights as workers and all that shit. It's like, ugh. I don't need this. It's, it's a waste of fucking time. Is all it is. And speaking of waste of time, we cut to the backstage area oh, no. with the no, dumb fucks no. bragging about how they beat the Lucha Brothers last week and also how they've beaten Jurassic Express. So they want the tag titles back. 
But then the Hardy Boys come in, they interrupt and point out that they beat the Bucks at double or nothing. So they deserve a tag team title shot. Christian Cage and Jurassic Express join the party. Cage says that they have to earn their title shots, but he throws down a challenge. That Jurassic Express will defend the titles versus the Hardys and the Young Bucks in a match that the Hardys and Christian made famous many years ago. A ladder match. Uh, um... No, no, Mr. Billy Peachy Bear Coach, no, right, no, why, triple threat match, a ladder match, all this is going to be a fucking circus act, you got the Hardy Boys, you got the Dumb Fox, you got the Jackson Express, AW, I swear to God, if you put those titles on those worthless pieces of crap, you're going to hear from Vinny Bucci and I, and we will never forgive you, Vinny, go ahead. Yeah, pretty much if the Bucks win the tag team titles, I ain't watching Dynamite no more. I can't I can't put myself through that. The only thing that would be worse than that is if they put the world title back on Kenny Beta. So I, I, I which I doubt the Bucks are gonna win this match. I don't see that happening. I also noticed Jurassic Express didn't was Jungle Boys kind of looking at Christian like, bro, what the fuck? I don't we don't we don't want this match. Jungle Boys are looking at Christian like, are you out of your fucking mind? You're putting us in the worst situation possible to lose our tag team titles. So I honestly think Jurassic Express is losing the belts, and I think we're finally going to get that breakup that we've been looking for. It's going to happen next week. Mm-hmm. It's happening because there's no other reason why they would put this match together or waste everybody's time. I would love to see the Hardys walk out with the titles. I feel I they're agree. the most deserving out of everybody in this match. And Those are the Hardy boys. Yes, and they were the kings of the ladder match. And they, obviously- were, they were good. They were very good. Like Edge and Christian, cha- uh, chairs, the Dudley boys, tables, the Hardy boys, ladders. But also, the Hardys and Edge and Christian fought in a ladder match before that TLC thing even happened, and it was considered oh. one of the greatest ladder matches of all time. That so was that was when the teams actually started to respect each other was after that ladder match. It was No Mercy 99. So- until somebody went rated R. Well, that didn't happen until a few years later, many years later. <laughs> but I'm either way, this, this, was po- this was stupid. Then I was not happy, man. I was throw. I threw my pillow. Yeah, <laughs> the only thing I had in my hand. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Alright, so then we move on to the next match of the evening for the AEW Women's World Championship. Thunder Rosa defends the title against Marina Schaefer. Meh. 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 I didn't really care. I don't know really who Marina Schaefer is. I love Thunder Rosa. Thunder Rosa won. That's all I have to say. But as soon as it won, Marina Schaefer kicked her and was beaten on um, Thunder Rosa and then Todd Conte came out. Am I right? Is that her name? Uh, Came to save the day? No, that was Tony Storm. Sorry, I get those two confused. I'm sorry about that. Tony wait, Storm whoa, 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 How do you get those two confused? I've been drinking. Tony, Sto- Tony Storm is dad ass, and Ty Conti is a dumbass. She's the dumbass that's palling around with the Spanish spot monkey. Tony sorry Storm is that. hot. Ty Conti is not. Yeah. They're both hot. Well, yeah, if you like white trash. I am a dude, and this is coming from you of all people. Yeah. Dude, that girl was butt naked in front of you. You will fuck the shit out of her. Don't deny it. You have to turn around. It have to be doggy style. I can't look her in the <laughs> eye. Oh, God. Oh, Jesus Christ. You just did a gator moment. We're going to get letters. Yeah, she's, she's, dude, she's a double bagger. Like a put a bag over her head sort of deal? Yeah, no, but the double bagger. You got to put a bag on your head in case hers falls off. <laughs> 
Oh my god. You've been talking to Gator too much, and when to be real close. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like, I can't look Ty Cunty in the eye. That, that's creepy shit, man. Uh, I don't know about that. She is not okay. one of those. She is not one of those girls you fucked missionary. Well, question. What? You had to choose between Charlotte Flair and her. Who would you pick? Oh, definitely Ty. There you go. <laughs> Charlotte, so Charlotte, I would never fuck Charlotte Flair. She looks like a horse. She looks like a horse, and she also ha- she has a body type that I would call painful to fuck. It looks like it would hurt to fuck her. Ugh. Okay, moving on. Well, no, because you you can't move on, dude. I haven't said anything about the match yet because you've been too busy talking about all this other shit. But overall, Sorry. this match was very, this match was actually really good because it's what I like. This is what I love about Thunder Rosa being the women's champion. There's a lot more wrestling going on in these title matches, which which I have not seen from previous women's champions. You see very little wrestling with Thunder Rosa. There is wrestling. There is working. There are submissions. It is amazing. And Marina Schaefer, who I don't know, she's married to Roderick Strong, but also she's one of the four horsewomen of the UFC. She's got a mixed martial arts background. Mm. And she is badass. The fact that WWE let her go was fucking stupid. But either way, Thunder Rosa retains the title. Obviously, Marina Schaefer wasn't ready to be the world champion. I felt she could have been the TBS champion. But mm-hmm. either way, this was great. And then Tony Storm grabs the title, kind of looks at it, but then being a babyface, hands it to the champion. So I think Tony Storm might eventually be next in line, and if she is, I think she needs to be the next women's champion. That part I agree on. That part I uh, that part I agree on. That part I agree on. There's only one problem I have. I didn't like the finish. Donna Rosa should have hit her finisher on her, not a roll up. What what the hell it was? Yeah. Only problem I have with it. Yeah, I, I didn't like the finish. Yes, the roll up, the most devastating finish in all of wrestling. Very, 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 very true. Okay, then. Oh, no. thank you. Then moving on. Yes. Uh, next, we cut to the backstage area. We got Jay Cargill and the baddies who are hyping up Red Velvet's match with uh, Chris Statlander on AEW Rampage, basically um, trying to say they don't know his name or whatever and all this other crap and that her and Red Velvet are going to have a match on Rampage. Um, Boo, don't care. Stokely Hathaway was the only thing interesting about this match, and then, of course, Jay had to throw in her Tony cut this shit and walk away. Um... She just needs to go back where she came from. Okay, don't care. Moving on. Yes, that was that was painful. That was very painful. Difficult to watch. Dude, to tell you the truth, I didn't even see it. I went to go take a piss, and when I came on, she was, says, cut the shit. I was like, thank God I missed that. Yeah, whenever she says cut the shit, you know the segment's over. Pretty much, and oh, God, I hate her. I don't like her. I really don't. I don't know why, Vinny, I don't like her. Anyways, moving on. All right, so next we move on to the main event of the evening. The winner advances to the interim AEW World Championship match after Forbidden Door. John Moxley goes one on one against Kyle O'Reilly. Tell you the truth, man, this is actually really, really good. This was physical as shit. Those two guys beat the living shit out of each other, and the right person won. Yes, this was a stellar main event for the first time in a long time. Shitty start, good finish. Yeah, like I said, this was a very and this was a very good match. Both men really brought the fight, which I knew they would. I knew I always known Kyle O'Reilly to be a great worker and a great fighter. I just don't think he was ready to be in a world title picture. I don't. But it doesn't change the yeah, fact that he's a hell of a great worker. No, he's a great worker, and this match was solid. I was like, when when KR won, I was like, uh, okay, why? Okay. <laughs> yeah, and then, of course, in the end, uh, Moxie hit that paradigm shift, went for that awkward pin, and got the three count. Very, very true, sir. And they, oh, it was actually good. All the matches sucked, but this match actually made the, maybe... 
uh, watch this card tonight actually kind of worthwhile. Yeah, it it finished it finished on a high note, even though the rest of the show was like, what the fuck? They at least ended on a positive note, and now we know Moxley will face somebody from New Japan, and then that person will become the interim world champion until Punk comes back. All I know is Moxley better win, because I don't want somebody from New Japan holding the belt. It makes no goddamn sense. That is very, very true, sir. All right, man. All right, all right, all right. Go ahead. Do your thing. All right. That, ladies and gentlemen, will wrap up this recap of AEW. Zach, as always, I thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to join us, and I look forward to seeing you on the next one. Absolutely. I will be. I will be calling. All right. All right. So make sure you guys follow the Boochcast. We're on Anchor. Anchor. Spotify. Spotify. Breaker. Breaker. Google Podcast. Google Podcast. And iHeartRadio. And iHeartRadio. Pick your favorite hosting site and follow us there, or be a super fan and follow Follow us on all five hosting sites. Also, like us on Facebook. Go to facebook.com slash theboochcast. You have archived episodes of the show as well as great content. In fact, we have a Hell in a Cell 2022 recap from the male soap opera moment that will be featured on the Facebook page very soon, so be on the lookout for that. Also, make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram at theboochcast. Get the latest tweets, photos, and videos. Be sure to check out our YouTube channel, see all of our exclusive video content, and of course, hit the subscribe button and ring that bell to be notified so you know when future content will be posted. Also, make sure you're following us on Twitch. Go to twitch.tv slash theboochcast. That's where we do our live wrestling watch parties. Our next one will be Saturday, July the 30th for WWE SummerSlam. That's right. We're getting together for the biggest party of the summer on eight at 8 p.m. on Twitch, and we'll either be doing it live from Nashville or live in Georgia. Either way, you'll be able to check out the, the SummerSlam with us. Just check out our bootleg link, which will be available on our Twitter page, or if you have the Peacock, watch it through the Peacock and uh, follow along with us via Twitch. We also have our live D&D show coming soon, as well as our Boochcast booking battle and another special treat that I'll be talking about very soon once all the kinks have been worked out. And then, of course, you can support the Boochcast by going to anchor.fm slash theboochcast slash support. Become a supporter of the Boochcast. Support this podcast with a small monthly donation to help sustain future episodes. We have three different levels you can donate at. Uh, the first level is for 99 cents per month. This is for people who want to um, help out the show but don't have a lot of money to spend and we know you guys are hardworking men and women out there the last thing we'd ever ask you guys to do is sacrifice a payment break the bank or feel pressured or obligated or guilt tripped into helping us out that's not what we're about if all you can do is listen to the show and spread the link to everyone you know you're still helping us out and we appreciate you guys greatly please keep spreading the word about how great the Boochcast is but if you still like to put a little skin in the game the 99 cents level is for you why is that? it's only 99 cents you're not going to miss it but every little bit will help us keep the Boochcast growing evolving and thriving. But if you got some extra spending cash and you want to help us out, you can go to the second level, which is for $4.99 per month. The same amount of money you would pay for a Peacock subscription. I know a lot of you guys out there aren't fans of the Peacock, so don't give them money. Give us money. We got better content than Peacock anyway. And of course, we got the third and final level you can donate at, which is for a mere $9.99. The same amount of money we used to pay for a WWE Network subscription here in the United States. Everything they sold to the Peacock, you got nowhere to put that $9.99. Stay at $9.99. Bring it over here. We got better content than the network and unlike the WWE we actually care about our fans that are dedicated to giving the people what they 
they want. You have the option of paying with a credit card or with GPay. Now, the best part is all the money that we raise goes back into this show in some capacity. We use it to upgrade our equipment, we use it to bring in bigger name guests, pay our bills, and take care of all the guys who work very hard on the air and off the air to make the Boochcast a success. So if you got a favorite co-host and you believe they're to be paid for their hard work, anchor.fm slash the Boochcast slash support is how you make that happen. And then, if there's any money left over, when it's all said and done, we use the rest of the money to uh, feed this gentleman Fuck here you. his you, his ramen noodles because he's you know he's Fuck got you. we got to fetch with him his nourishment as we Fuck try you. to get no, him don't. laid. And no, God knows this is a process. It is not easy, ladies and gentlemen. Fuck it's, you. I mean, literally, it is trying. It, 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 it it's like try it's like trying to push a boat with a rope. It's ridiculous. It's insane. It's a struggle. Um, we're we're getting there, ladies and gentlemen. We are no, trying. We got we got a couple of we got a couple of potential uh you know, we got a potential escorts. I mean dates lined up, and we're hoping that maybe just maybe with the right amount of money. I mean love, we can get Zach finally laid. Until next time, this is Vinny Bucci, aka the Booch, saying keep on living life and take care. This has been the Booch Cast. I'll talk to you guys next time. Until then, pizza baby. <laughs> Well, I see by the clock on a wall that it's time to bid you one and all goodbye. Goodbye. So long. So long. Farewell. Farewell. Adieu. Adieu. Be good. Stay well. Bye-bye. Keep warm. Relax. And eat. Take care. Stay loose. Adieu, mon vieux. À la prochaine. Goodbye till when we meet again. <laughs>